0: we've been blessed with the cross and this and it says he is not here because he is risen it is a day of victory and not defeat amen if you know Jesus you can say amen or you can give a clap he is not here he is risen the cross is empty excuse me I'm coughing the cross is empty the tomb is empty I'm so glad that I am not here because of religion I'm glad I am here because I have a saviour, and a saviour who lives, who isn't dead, who isn't a historical figure. Um, young, young people, sorry, I was meant to say that. If you are in high school age, follow IO at the back, sorry. <coughs> sorry if I'm going to cough as well down this. So welcome to church. I don't know where to uh, today find you, how you've got here. There's a, maybe you've been dragged here by a parent. Maybe you've been dragged here by someone because it's Easter. Maybe you've uh, come just to please somebody else. That's an option. That happened to me. I remember um, <clears throat> about the age of twenty twenty-one, 21, um, going to a church event. I've been brought up in the church, but I'm not gone for many years. And <clears throat> going to a church event, simply because it was for someone else, because there was a special day happening for somebody in our family, and I went along to it and I walked in at the back as late as possible, but not late, because I don't like being late. Anybody who knows me knows I don't like being late. I went to the theatre the other week with family and made them arrive an hour early and sit in the car park. So I don't like being late, so I wasn't late, but I was as late as I could be without being late. <clears throat> and I remember walking in and the hall was packed, like the main hall, everyone was in the seats. And, and uh, <clears throat> I remember my mum, Waving at me from the second row because she'd saved me a seat and me thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to walk past everybody and sit on the second row. This is the last place I want to be. But my mom had saved me a seat and I was there for somebody else. But let me encourage you because I had no idea and I had no intention that that meeting was going to change my life. But it did. And so I don't know how you've got here today. Maybe you're relieved that someone's invited you because you wanted to come to church but not been quite sure how to come or whether you can just walk through the doors maybe you've come alone I don't know but one thing I do know is that you're welcome Hallelujah. and that every single week we welcome new people into this church and you saw by all the different people that were standing and sitting that the church is growing and it's growing every single week and that's why in two weeks time we're going to double services and we're starting an evening service because we're literally at the place where we can't fit everybody in I mean there's a lot of people away this week and we're full <laughs> and um, you know it, 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 if our whole church was here you wouldn't get everybody in there would be a substantial amount of people sat in the cafe listening to it through a speaker so two weeks time we do double services we start our evening ones six o'clock here and we are thoroughly excited about it but you're welcome because we don't know you but we've been expecting you because we're always ready to welcome new people um so what does Easter mean to you Is it the thought of the bank holiday that really gets you? You're like, your bank holiday. You know, maybe you've got plans. Maybe you're going out somewhere tomorrow. Maybe it's just the fact that it's a four-day weekend, four days to lie in. Do you see that laugh? That's because she's got kids. (laughs) That was a sarcastic laugh because the kids get up at 7 o'clock even on a bank holiday. But maybe it's that. Maybe it's the Easter eggs because Easter eggs aren't just for children. There was one year, I promise you this, that I ate my children's Easter eggs three times over. I bought them early, got organized, thought being organized. I'd just like to say I didn't have five kids by that point, only four, right? (laughs) So I didn't eat 15 eggs, um, (laughs) but not 15. And and I ate them three times over because isn't there something about chocolate, um, chocolate Easter eggs that's way nicer than any other kind of chocolate? An Easter egg, there is, thank you. And it got to the point where after eating the third lot of their Easter eggs when they were in bed at night, that I had to buy them again and take them to my mum's house and hide them so that I couldn't get them. Because if any, at night if I wanted to eat the Easter eggs, I would have to get in the car, drive to my mum's house, find the Easter eggs. This is how bad it got. So the family who's, I'm going to their house afterwards for lunch, you don't have to hide your kids' Easter eggs. I'm over it, right? <laughs> I don't eat multiple Easter eggs every year. Now I have like, I have progressed. I don't have Easter egg issues. Um, oh, thank you, Jeff. <clears throat> that means Jeff doesn't want me coughing down the microphone to him. Is it the death and the resurrection? Do, does it mean to you about the cross? Does it mean to you about the fact that he's risen? Does that enter your head? There's no judgment if it doesn't, you know, not at all, you know, but I'm just asking, does it? I I wonder if we took a vote today, which I'm not going to do, please, you don't need to raise your hands. How many believe that the cross is relevant to today and to our future? Or how many of us believe that it was a moment in in history? It was a moment in time. It was just a, 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 a historical event that happened that is recorded in a book somewhere. How many of us even believe that it's real? And how many of us believe that it was something significant? That there had to be something more than just a moment in time? That there had to be something more than just a historical event? Because I wonder if we went out of these walls today and actually took a vote, how many people realize that it's relevant today? and I feel that it's so important that we leave this place today knowing that it matters. Knowing that it counts for something, that it's not just you can pick up a book and blow the dust off that's on a shelf and, and it's in there. Knowing that it's not just something that you learned at school when you were a kid and you heard about it. Knowing that actually it matters, that there's a reason for it and it applies to me now. It applies to me now at 42 years of age, it still applies to me now. It'll apply to me when I'm 82. It, will, it, it means something. There has to be a meaning to this. There has to be something beyond this. There has to be something beyond us going, he's not here. He has risen. What is it? What is it? Why is it significant? You know, I'm going to give a little backdrop as to why we need Easter. Do you know only a month ago I realized what the I button on the Sky Remote did? Because I would, like, look what a film was or something, and I'd think, well, you can't tell from the title, can you, what it means? And I was like, how do you find out? And I press all these different things. I didn't tell Barry. <laughs> I press all these different things, and all the things would shoot up. And then I was like, I wonder what I does. Information. There you go. Program synopsis tells you what it's all about. And sometimes you can walk into church, and you don't know what the person on the platform is talking about or you have heard about Easter or you've heard about Christmas, but you don't know what the real point to it is. So I'm going to give you... We are pressing the I button on the Sky Remote, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a backdrop as to how we need Easter, why we need Easter, because I don't want to just talk for the sake of talking. To be quite honest, you could all go home and have a roast dinner or eat your kids Easter eggs, whichever. <laughs> um, but I don't want... The, no, the point of me being here isn't to make me feel good. The point of me being here is because lives matter. And because Jesus is risen. The point of me being here is that so all of us will go out and take something from this. Whether you know Jesus or not, whether you've known him for 40 odd years, whether you've known him for 30 years, whether you've known him for three days, I don't know, but that we'll all take something out of here. And so, excuse me, I want to give a little bit of a backdrop. So bear with me. As we press the information button on the Sky Remote, some of you are going to go home now and go, that's how we'll find out what the programs are about on Sky. You just press the I button. Don't worry about this, by the way. This is my prop. And where's Claire? Who has made it? He's very nervous that this is going to go wrong, Claire. It's going to be fine. All right? Okay? So I'm going to walk around this, just to ignore it for the time being. You know, when God created the world, he created something perfect. It was perfection, because God is perfect. He has no flaws. He is a perfect God. And he created the world, and he handed it to his children. <clears throat> He handed a perfect world. You know, if you have children in your family, maybe you're not a mom or dad, but you have children. You know, you don't go to that child that you love and hand them something broken. You don't give them a broken gift. When you give a child a gift, you give them the very best that you can give. And that's what God did. God handed a perfect, beautiful world that everything was catered for. And he handed it over to his kids. And his kids were Adam and Eve. And, you know, to keep ordering something, you need boundaries. You need rules. You need guidelines. If we didn't have guidelines in my family, it would be chaotic. I have five kids and a husband. And, and it would be chaotic if I didn't have guidelines for the husband. Um, but it would be chaos in my house if we didn't have guidelines. Now, my kids may not sometimes like my boundaries. And, and they may not like my guidelines. But as the parent... I know what's right for them. And I give them opportunity to discover that that is right. I don't dictate to them, not all the time, What I don't dictate to Sophie all the time what she can and what she can. not She's rolling her eyes on the front row, everybody. What she can and what she can't do. But I put those boundaries in place and I say to her, Soph, I love you. Don't do this because it's going to mess your life up. I'll give the very best of me. I'll give the very best of me. And I'll put boundaries in place for her safety and for her future. And this is what God did. God handed over a perfect world. Adam and Eve, his kids could want for nothing. They could want for nothing. It was perfect. And he handed it to them and he put some boundaries in place like we do as parents or you do as a relative to children. And he goes, listen, hey, all this is for you. But you see that tree? Don't eat of that fruit. don't eat that fruit. Because you eat that fruit, it's all going to go wrong. And I love you, and I don't want that to happen. But Adam and Eve, they pushed the boundaries. And they went against what had been said, and they ate the fruit. And at that instant, this perfect, most beautiful world that God had given them became broken. The relationship that God had with Adam and Eve became broken. Because they had made a choice. They made a choice to go against what had been given to them. To go against of, well, that's okay, God. All right, but actually this is what I want. They listened, didn't they? They listened to the serpent. They listened to the words of the serpent that made them question God. Did he really say that? Eve, did God really say Yes, God had said. But in that moment, Eve made a choice. And that was the time that sin entered the world. Because God did not make this perfect world with sin in it. And sin entered through a choice that had been made. Now, because of that, you see, God's a holy garden. God, God's a perfect garden. God, God's a pure garden. And sin is a blockage between us and God. When God had made this perfect world with his children, with us in mind, let's remember that, with us in mind. Now, that, that might, you might struggle to comprehend that, but we're talking about create a God. We don't have to understand it all. I don't understand the, man of, the, the mind of the man who made the Xbox, So it's okay that I don't understand everything about God with my natural mind. I'm not supposed to. All I need to do is know him. (laughs) And so suddenly the relationship breaks down between the father and his kids. Because the kids have made a choice and something's come in between. And God can't live with sin because sin goes against everything that God has created. And so when Adam and Eve made that choice, the world became broken by the decision that they'd made. And they took a step back from God and something came in between. Now, from that time, if you read throughout the Old Testament, you will see that people would sacrifice animals to make themselves right with God. Blood would need to be shed. When someone does something wrong... If something, somebody does, we have a justice system, don't we? When someone does something wrong, there is a price that needs to be paid. There is a time that needs to be served in our land. Well, then it was that blood needed to be shed, and so they would sacrifice animals for forgiveness and to be right with God. God's heart has always been to be with his kids and to have that relationship with his kids. That has never, ever changed And God knew that there needed to be a way made. God wanted the way to be so simple that we could be back in a relationship with him without what this sin that is blocking us. And so God had the ultimate plan. The final sacrifice that would ever need to be made. I'm going to play a short video. I do just want to say beforehand, if you've got children in the room, You may want to take them out for a moment. It is quite graphic. I've shown it to my children. It's completely your choice. But God had the ultimate plan. The final sacrifice that would ever need to be made. Once and for all, sacrifice—it had to happen. And you know, Jesus, when he was on that cross, he could have called angels. He could have called all of heaven, but he didn't, because he knew what he'd been called to do, and he knew that he was the ultimate sacrifice. And when he hung there, he thought of me and you. And this is Easter, guys. This is it. This is what we, in my day, we were taught at school. This is what we talk about comes once a year. And you know, when we watch things like that, it can be very somber and it can be very sober. And I remember when Passion of the Christ came out, taking a friend with me. She'd never been to church. She knew of God, had no belief in God. Her family had no belief in God. And I remember inviting her to go and watch Passion of the Christ with me and and sitting next to her at the cinema, and she got popcorn and she sat with the popcorn and she suddenly begins to sob and she's crying. And I'm thinking, I've brought her out for a night. She sat with popcorn and she's, dis- like, she's distressed in the cinema. And she puts a popcorn to one side and she looks at me and she goes, well, I can't eat the popcorn. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, gosh, like this isn't going down well for a night out, is it? <clears throat> and I'm thinking, we're going to have to leave in a minute. She was so upset. And we got in the car and and I said to her about her being so upset and, and I was almost a little bit puzzled by it, it was many years ago. And, and, and I said to her, I said, I'm, I'm so sorry that you got so upset. And she looked at me she went, Vicky, I had no idea what Jesus did for me. And in that moment, do you know what I realized? That she never knew and I did and I'd taken it all for granted. And it was a sobering moment for me. It was a sobering moment that I'd taken it all for granted and she had this revelation moment of I've heard about it but never did I realize. And often that kind of clip is, is you know, it moves us. It absolutely does. I, I watched it twice, nearly three times since putting it up there and each time I've cried. You know, and it is, it's very emotional but here's what I want you to know is that every single blow was a blow of victory. It was not a blow of defeat. You see, every time they taunted him, it was a blow. But it wasn't a blow of defeat, it was a blow of victory. Every time he walked along the road carrying his cross that didn't look beautiful like this and they spat at him and they called him names, it was a blow. (laughs) But it wasn't a blow of defeat, church. It was a blow of victory. Then came the whip. And every single strike of that whip, and there were many, because they whipped him within inches of his life. Every single one was not a defeat. It was a victory. The thorn of crowns that they put on him, that they didn't just place on, they pushed on to make sure it hurt. Every single thorn, every single one, every blow, every single thing, all the nails that were put into him, everything, every single thing, all the anger from the, the soldiers, everything. I want to tell you, it was a moment of victory. The reason why it was a moment of victory was this. Because out of the brokenness, out of that brokenness, when it all looked like it had all gone wrong and the people watched, they were like, I thought he was the son of God. He was supposed to be the savior. He's hanging on a cross. The spear that was pushed in his side, it was all broken. It was all gone. But it was a victory moment because inside the brokenness, inside all of that, was our future. It had to be broken because of my future and because of your future. And here's the thing, as he hung on that cross and he cried out three words, It is finished. It is finished. To people who don't know the truth, that would sound like his life was finished. But the cross was always going to be empty. The tomb was always going to be empty because the hanging on the cross was not the end. Do you know what it is finished is translated as as well? paid in full. Paid in full, because in his body being broken, in his bones all being broken, in the blood that was shed, in the torment that he went through, were these things, forgiveness, that we will never need to live in shame again. We will never need to live in shame again. There was salvation, so that in believing in him, we have a savior. Somebody who, who, has, who has caught us from the clutches of hell. Brought us from the clutches of evil. Brought us from the clutches of despair. All the things that the enemy would try and tap, trap us with. Because you know it's like any good film. There's a good and a bad. And we have a saviour because we have an enemy. We have a saviour because there is an enemy. And so inside of Christ was our future and every blow, and every torment, and every moment of, of defiling him, whether it be words or with spit or whatever it would be, that every single thing was because our future was inside. That we would have hope. Through forgiveness, we would have salvation. Through salvation, we would have hope. We would have hope for tomorrow. We would have hope for what happens when this life is over. You know, I know with all certainty, and I can only know this because I know God. I know with all certainty that there'll come a day when this will go. But I know that when it does, I know where I'm going. (laughs) And I know that he's gone and he's prepared a place for me. I know when I enter the presence of God, I know I'll be on my knees. Because I'll be so thankful for the cross. I'll be so thankful for the cross that made the way. I I know that um, when I get there, my dad will be there. My granddad will be there. My grandma will be there. Because they all believed. Because in his brokenness was their future and was my future. In his brokenness was freedom. My freedom, your freedom. Freedom from the past. In his brokenness was a belonging I believe there's people in here today and you have spent your life wondering where you belong. Maybe you've spent your life being told you don't belong. But I want to tell you because of the cross, because of the brokenness, out of the brokenness came a belonging. Because God has always wanted you. And he has always wanted me. So that he made a way, the ultimate sacrifice, the one sacrifice that there would never need to be anything done again like this. Because he's always wanted you. And you belong with him because that's how we created things in the beginning. A joy. There was a joy within him for our future. There was peace for our future within him. There was a confidence of tomorrow that because he lives, because of the cross, and because he lives, I can face whatever life brings my way because of who he is. When he cried, it is finished. It meant the power of your past. Didn't mean his life was finished. It meant the power of your past and the power of my past and those things that have tried to hold us, those feelings of not being worthy, those feelings of not belonging, those feelings of shame. He's like, it's finished. It's finished. That all we have to do now is believe in him. He's a good God, that he would make a way. So simple, that it is finished was a declaration over our lives. It is finished was a declaration for you. It was a declaration for me that actually it wasn't just a moment in time. It was something significant for our future. Something that I will carry with me to the moment I see him face to face when I enter heaven. I will carry this with me forever. It was so significant. In Galatians it says this, Galatians chapter 3. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced or required by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. It is finished. Because he took it all from me and he placed it on himself. And he took it all from you and he placed it on himself. Even though it didn't belong to him. It is finished. So that we could be free. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. It says for God made Christ. Who had never sinned. To be the offering for our sin. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. He removed the blockage of sin. And he made a way. Could I just ask, could we just have some lights up on the platform for me? Christ, who had never sinned, paid the price to remove the blockage so that we could have that relationship that God had always wanted with his kids. I know with my kids, thank you. I know with my kids, my heart's desire for all of my kids is that I would have a good relationship with them and that I would always have that. Even when things might get in the way. That's my heart's desire. And God's heart's desire from the beginning of time was that he would always be able to have a relationship with God and his kids messed it up. That he would always be able to have a relationship with us and his kids messed it up and they got it wrong. But he's a good father. And he made a way. And he could have done anything. I remember Barry saying once, you know what? He could have given all the wealth of the world to buy us. And make away but he didn't gave the thing that cost the most his only son and this is why Easter is so significant his broken body was not a negative I hope that we would view Easter from now on as not a negative yes to remember the great cost absolutely and respect for it, but that we wouldn't see it as a negative and a somber moment because it was filled with all that we needed for our future. It was filled with all that we needed for our freedom. And you know, when we know that, then we tell others because the cross was filled with everything for their future and their freedom. And, and it doesn't end, it keeps going and going and going and going and going as we pass the word along that his body that was broken wasn't a negative, it was what was needed. ...for our future, which symbolizes the greatest love of all. John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, "...I came that they may have and enjoy life." This is Jesus speaking, saying, this is what I came to do. This was my mission. This was my call. You notice there's nothing about him. It's about everybody else. "...I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance." to the full, till it overflows. If you don't know God, your best life yet is a prayer away. It changes everything. That moment I walked into a meeting like this and I was there for somebody else and my mum did the mum thing and saved me a seat at the front... I did not realize in that moment that my life was about to change. And my life changed in a way like nobody else had ever changed it for me before. Because he changed it through the ultimate sacrifice. That I would never need to feel shame again. I would never need to feel fear again. I would never need to feel bound again. And my life changed. And your life Your real, true life is a moment away, like it was for me. In Corinthians, it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. Now, we we often read this verse as our past sins, those things that we've done once we have given our lives to Christ, and once we've handed our lives over to God and we join that partnership with him, all our sins of the past have gone, absolutely 100%. But the other thing is, when that moment happens, the rejection of your past goes. The feeling of not belonging goes. The feeling of not being worthy goes. The words that have been spoken over you by others goes. Because suddenly you have stepped into a new belonging and you belong to Christ. You belong to God and a new life has begun. The old has gone and the new one has begun. Easter is relevant today. Absolutely it is. It's not about a film you watch. It's not about something that you read in a big book. It's about our future. And every single blow that happened as his body was torn in two. Happened to release something for us. And I'm so glad he did. I'm so glad he did. It is a victory day. It's a victory day, church. It's not a day of defeat, it's a victory. Can I, if you know that, why are we quiet? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Not for me. But you know those who don't know it? And at this moment, thinking about it, they need to be seeing that hey, listen, this means something. And I know it does to you. I know you guys. But hey, listen, cre- credit and praise where it's due. It's a victory moment. We have been set free, we have been bought with a great price. You know, as Adam plays this now. I'm going to just leave it here. I'm just going to read these few scriptures. It's in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 and 12. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. If you have thought about giving your life to God, you've never actually done anything with it, I want you to know today that you don't need to be fearful because he's got a great plan for you. He knows the plans for your life. They are plans for good and not for disaster. You don't need to panic that he's going to get it wrong. To give you a future and to give you a hope. And it says this, in those days when you pray, I will listen. Your future is bright. Your future is bright because the cross is empty, the tomb is empty, and because Jesus is alive. Your future is bright because out of his brokenness, it contains your future. And as Adam and the team come up and play a song and Barry's going to finish the meeting off, if you want to come and speak to us at the end, maybe you've been thinking for a while about giving your life to Christ. It's a prayer away. That's all it is. Believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth, that's what the Bible says. It's dead simple. God made it simple. Come and speak to us. We would love to talk with you and explain more about it. Let's close with this song. Thanks for coming, church. And we will see you next week for our baptism service.